Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 1. At that time, declares the Lord, the bones of the kings and officials of Judah, the bones of the priests and the prophets, and the bones of the people of Jerusalem will be removed from their graves. The Babylonians are going to show great dishonor to the dead of Judah by opening graves and scattering the bones around so that people don't even know where their relatives' bones are located anymore. 2. They will be exposed to the sun and the moon and all the stars of the heavens which they have loved and served and which they have followed and consulted and worshipped. They will not be gathered up or buried, but will be like dung lying on the ground. Dung is animal poop, and people usually don't pick that up. They just let it decompose on the ground. And that's what they're going to do with the dead bodies of these Israelites. There won't be any relatives to pick them up because the relatives are probably going to get hauled off to Babylon. 3. Whenever I banish them, all the survivors of this evil nation will prefer death to life, declares the Lord Almighty. Sometimes calamity is so bad that you wish you were dead so that you didn't have to go through it. And it's going to be that bad when the Babylonians show up. They're going to massacre and terrorize people so much that the people will wish that they had died. The same thing will happen during the Great Tribulation when the Lord punishes people for the evil they have done. They will have terrible sores on their skin and they will wish that they're dead, but the sores won't kill them. 4. Say to them, this is what the Lord says, When people fall down, do they not get up? When someone turns away, do they not return? 5. Why then have these people turned away? Why does Jerusalem always turn away? They cling to deceit. They refuse to return. God says, when somebody leaves you, they'll usually come back, say if they leave on a journey. Or if somebody falls down, they'll get up and right themselves. But he says the Israelites are so stubborn in their sin that when they fall into sin, they don't get up and right themselves again and repent. And when they turn over to sin, they never repent and turn back to the Lord. 6. I have listened attentively, but they do not say what is right. None of them repent of their wickedness, saying, What have I done? Each pursues their own courses like a horse charging into battle. The Israelites were running into sin, and none of them questioned their actions or felt bad for what they did. Christians can be the same way. We can take forgiveness for granted and not even be sorry for what we did and just think to ourselves, well, God loves me, so he's going to forgive me because I'm a Christian. But forgiveness doesn't work that way. You always have to repent. Repentance includes having a contrite heart, which is a sorrowful heart that wishes that you had never done such an evil thing. 7. Even the stork in the sky knows her appointed seasons, and the dove, the swift, and the thrush observe the time of their migration, but my people do not know the requirements of the Lord. He says even simple animals know when to migrate and when to move, but you intelligent people can't even obey the laws that I've given you. 8. How can you say, We are wise, for we have the law of the Lord, 
when actually the lying pen of the scribes has handled it falsely. In the New Testament, Jesus said, Beware the scribes, and today we need to do the same thing. Scribes are writers. They had scribes, just like scribes today, who are famous, big-name authors. They were making up a lot of what they wrote down, and they weren't actually teaching people the law. They were teaching them their own man-made rules. We have the same problem today in Christian bookstores. There's loads of big-name authors that have all kinds of advice to give, but it isn't biblical. It's worldly advice, not grounded in the gospel. So just as Jesus told us, we need to be aware of the scribes and don't believe everything you read just because somebody who claims to know the Lord wrote it. In fact, the scribes are the ones who put together the traditions that the Jews followed that had nothing to do with the ordinances of God. 9. The wise will be put to shame. They will be dismayed and trapped, since they have rejected the word of the Lord. What kind of wisdom do they have? There's people who think that they have a lot of wisdom and a lot to share, and they call themselves life coaches. Sometimes they call themselves pastors, or inspirational speakers, or trend setters, or influencers, but they don't have any wisdom unless they're obeying the Lord. 10. Therefore I will give their wives to other men, and their fields to new owners, from the least to the greatest, all are greedy for gain, prophets and priests alike, all practice deceit. You know, Jesus never asked anybody for money. It was Judas who held the money purse and asked people for money, and that was because he wanted to take a cut out of all of it, and he did. And their religious leaders were the same way. They just wanted to get the tax and the tithe from as many people as possible. And they didn't care if the people were sinning. They weren't good shepherds who told people to repent. And it says that wives will be given away to other men. This could be when the Babylonians take Israelite women captive from the Israelite men who they kill. 11. They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. That's a repeat of something that was said in one of the previous chapters. Again, the Lord is saying that people proclaim that they have peace with God and that God's okay with what they're doing, but in reality, God is very angry at them, and he's sending destruction. 12. Are they ashamed of their detestable conduct? No, they have no shame at all. They do not even know how to blush, so they will fall among the fallen. They will be brought down when they are punished, says the Lord. This is also a repeat of what was said in a previous chapter, that the people have no conscience. They don't blush because of their sin. They're not ashamed of what they've done. They're very open and brazen about it. They just don't think that the Lord could ever reject them, no matter what they do. And I've met Christians that way too, that have no shame for the sin that they practice. They think that they're guaranteed a ticket to heaven, no matter what they do. 13. I will take away their harvest, declares the Lord. There will be no grapes on the vine, there will be no figs on the tree, and their leaves will wither. What I have given them will be taken from them. He gave them the bountiful fruit that was in Canaan. 
which later became Israel. In fact, the grape clusters were so big that it took a group of men to carry one cluster of grapes when the children of Israel first moved in to that land. But now he's going to take those trees away, either letting the Babylonians consume them or perhaps letting the Babylonians cut many of those trees down. 14. Why are we sitting here? Gather together. Let us flee to the fortified cities and perish there. For the Lord our God has doomed us to perish and given us poisoned water to drink because we have sinned against him. Perhaps the Babylonians were poisoning the wells as they conquered more and more of the land, and the Israelites said to themselves, let's run into the fortified cities and hide for as long as possible until the Babylonians take us. They knew that the Lord wasn't going to help them. But remember, he always helps those who repent. And there was a remnant who repented, and the Babylonians were merciful to those people. 15. We hoped for peace, but no good has come, for a time of healing, but there is only terror. Hope becomes hopeless when you don't obey the Lord. Sometimes people want God to restore their lives, but they don't want to repent of anything. They just think that maybe hopefully God is some kind of wizard who will magically wave a wand over all of their sin and approve of it and then make them have a good life. But you have to repent. If you're still drinking and you're still gambling and you're still telling lies and you're still sleeping around, things are never going to get better. And the Israelites expected and hoped that the Lord would save them from the Babylonians even though they refused to repent. So their hope was hopeless. 16. The snorting of the enemy's horses is heard from Dan. At the neighing of their stallions, the whole land trembles. They have come to devour the land and everything in it, the city and all who live there. It must be terrifying to see horses coming, or cannons, or arrows, or tanks when they come. The people felt so defeated because there's no way that they could defend themselves. And that's why we need God fighting for us. We really can't defend ourselves in this world. 17. See, I will send venomous snakes among you, vipers that cannot be charmed, and they will bite you, declares the Lord. The serpents are a metaphor for the Babylonians who will attack Israel without mercy, causing great pain. 18. You who are my comforter in sorrow, my heart is faint within me. The Spirit of God is our comforter. He will comfort us when we repent. 19. Listen to the cry of my people from a land far away. Is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king no longer there? Why have they aroused my anger with their images, with their worthless foreign idols? The people were surprised that the Lord left Zion and let the Babylonians ransack it. But they shouldn't have been surprised. After putting idols in the temple, they should have known that the Lord wouldn't stay there. He never shares his space with demon gods. 20. The harvest is past, the summer has ended, and we are not saved. That shows that at least over six months had gone by, and they still were getting ravaged by the Babylonians. 21. Since my people are crushed, I am crushed. 
I mourn and horror grips me. That's the voice of Jeremiah speaking. He mourns for his people. 22. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no healing for the wound of my people? Jeremiah is begging the Lord to bring healing to the land. A real prophet stays with the people and teaches the people and mourns and prays for the people, like Jeremiah did. And that concludes Jeremiah chapter 8.